June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Three teachers teaching summer school in the same classroom. They all got COVID-19. Now one teacher is dead. Do you think it's safe to return to the classroom? And public bathrooms during the pandemic. Too dangerous to use? What to do when you've got to go? I didn't know that. Then, the comedians who just tested positive for COVID-19 after fist bumping and shaking hands with fans at a sold-out show. The worst thing I could have done. And Trump fury over Black Lives Matter painted in giant letters at Trump Tower. The big Black Lives Matter sign right down in the middle of Fifth Avenue. And the test he took to prove he's of sound mind. I aced the test, and he should take the same exact test. Plus... Glee actress Naya Rivera and her son, the haunting last video. Divers searching for the actress. Visibility is extremely limited, and there are dangers lurking below. And say what? The balloon coming down in a residential neighborhood. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. 133,000. That's the number of Americans who have died of COVID-19 as of this morning. And that number includes a teacher from Arizona who has just passed away from the virus after teaching summer school in a shared classroom with two other teachers. Those two teachers have now also tested positive. It's a situation that raises serious questions about how to safely reopen classrooms in time for school this fall. Les Trent has more. The death of a beloved first-grade teacher is shaking the nation today after it was revealed that she and two other teachers who shared a classroom were all stricken with COVID-19. Kimberly Bird was teaching summer school near Phoenix, one of the new epicenters of the pandemic. She shared her classroom with fellow teachers Jenna Martinez and Angela Skillings. Angela started, um, she got sick first, and then I just, I followed her. Jenna and Angela are both recovering from the deadly virus, but Kimberly died after a two-week struggle. I spoke to her husband, Jesse, and son, Luke. She had the passion to teach. Everything about her is going to be missed. The two surviving teachers say they took every precaution as they taught via Zoom a combined class of kindergarten, first, and second grade students. What was the setup? Were you all in the same room at the same time? We were. We were spaced out. Uh, we'd already worked it out. We had planned out how we were going to take turns in um, presenting our lessons. Were you wearing masks? Absolutely. We took our temperature coming in. We had to record that. Um, we were not allowed on campus without masks. The veteran teacher's death comes as the debate over reopening schools in the fall rages on. It's turning into a hot-button political issue with the Trump administration and many Republican governors 
pushing to get kids back into class as public health experts caution to take it slow. Dr. Ashish Jha is the director of the Harvard Global Health Institute. Large parts of the country where things are really bad right now, it's going to be very, very hard to open schools safely. And even if they push themselves and open up, they're going to end up finding themselves shutting down again. Meanwhile, these teachers who are grieving over the death of their colleague say they've seen now firsthand how dangerous COVID-19 can be for teachers and their students. They're going to take it home and they're going to transfer that to their family. And from there, it's just going to keep on spreading. And it's a legitimate question to ask during the pandemic. When nature calls, is it safe to use public restrooms? Stephen Fabian has some answers. So you're away from home and have to use a public restroom. At New York's famed Grand Central Station, extra effort is taking place to sanitize and keep the facilities clean. But there are other precautions you should take in a public restroom to reduce the COVID-19 risk. Get in and out as quickly as possible, touch as little as possible. Family doctor Lawrence Goldstein tells our Allison Hall that it's a good idea to apply hand sanitizer before using a bathroom. I could now open this and if you're worried, get a paper towel. You can actually use hand sanitizer almost as a protectant. You can put it yes. on and then touch something within right. 20 seconds and you're fine. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Avoid touching anything when you leave the stall. Use the elbow to open up the door. And how about those dryers after you wash your hands? Do I need to be worried about airflow with these dryers pushing particles around? Only if someone else is in here coughing and sneezing, then I would be a little concerned if they're right here doing it and using it. But other than that, most likely that by the time you get in here, the particles have settled and you shouldn't have a problem. Whatever you do, don't touch your face while you're in a public bathroom. And here's another tip from our expert. If you really want to be on the safe side, wash your clothes when you get home. When Dana Chow takes her kids to the local park, she comes ready. We have a little portable potty that we take along with us. The specially designed folding gadget lets them stay safe by avoiding the public bathrooms altogether. So the bags actually have um, an absorbent piece. So you just kind of stick it in. Helpful tips for answering the call of nature in the age of COVID-19. 37 states and the District of Columbia have reported an increase in COVID cases over the past two weeks, and one of them is Florida. But that's not deterring President Trump from going there for a meeting with military brass and for a high-ticket fundraiser. So we're going to Miami. The president is in Florida today, one of the nation's worst-hit COVID-19 hotspots. Before leaving, he vented his outrage that the phrase Black Lives Matter has been painted right outside Trump Tower in New York. All merchants along Fifth Avenue are furious. They're furious. He told Sean Hannity he's especially upset at video of Mayor Bill de Blasio gleefully helping with the painting. I spoke to him many times. He couldn't have been nicer. And then he throws a big Black Lives Matter sign right down in the middle of Fifth Avenue. The president revealed he recently took a cognitive test at Walter Reed Hospital and challenged the gaffe-prone Joe Biden to take one. I aced it. I aced the test. And he should take the same exact test, a very standard test. I took, took it at Walter Reed uh, Medical Center uh, in front of doctors, and they were very surprised. They said, that's an unbelievable thing. Rarely does anybody do what you just did. The test he took is not a difficult cognitive test. It's kind of a basic screening test. 
This is reportedly the test taken by the president, designed to test for early signs of Alzheimer's. You have to identify three animals like a lion, rhinoceros, and camel. Draw a clock with the time showing 10 past 11. And memorize a list of words like face, velvet, church, daisy, and red. I love this guy right here. Kanye West claims he's ditching that MAGA hat and running for president. But Trump says he's still counting on his vote come November. He's a, a very good guy. He is a person that I get along with very well, and in the end, I think he would support us over anyone else. And this remark by the CEO of Goya Foods at the White House for the president's Hispanic Prosperity Initiative is triggering calls for a boycott of Goya products. We're all truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. The hashtag Boycott Goya is trending. Twitter is exploding with calls for a boycott of Goya foods. Chrissy Teigen tweeted, A shame. Don't care how good the beans taste, though. Bye-bye. But today, Goya's CEO tells Fox News he isn't backing down. You know, I'm not apologizing. Now the hashtag Buy Goya is going head-to-head -head against Boycott Goya. President Trump was scheduled to hold an outdoor rally in New Hampshire this weekend, but that's been postponed for a couple of weeks because of the tropical storm hitting the East Coast. Other news today, it is the final moments of a former star of Glee. Video of Naya Rivera has been released showing the mother and her young son about to embark on an adventure on a lake. Now authorities tell us the deep and murky water is making the recovery mission extra challenging. Here's Jim Murray. Could this surveillance footage capturing the final moments of Glee star Naya Rivera and her son Josie on their doomed boating trip yield new clues in the actress's presumed drowning? I love you, baby. Rivera, best known for playing the cheerleader on Glee, went boating Wednesday afternoon at Lake Piru, an hour outside Los Angeles. Cookies? The mother and son can be seen pulling into the parking lot, then walking to the dock to rent a pontoon boat around 1.30. Look, a small watercraft is also nearby. Did they see anything that could help authorities? Rivera's son, Josie, was found alone on the boat taking a nap around 4 p.m. and told authorities his mom went swimming and didn't come back. A boater spotted the boy and called 911, initially mistaking the child for a girl. 911. Uh, Lake Piru, um, the emergency is we have a missing person. We found a little girl in one of the boats by herself and her mom's nowhere to be found. Today, the lake is calm and beautiful behind me, but there are extreme challenges for the divers searching for the actress. Visibility is extremely limited, and there are dangers lurking below. The search for Rivera is proving to be very challenging, says Ventura County search and rescue diver Robert Inglis. We have about five feet of visibility till we get 20 feet deep. After at 20 feet, it goes to almost zero visibility. Multiple dive teams are using sonar to comb the waters of Lake Piru. Cadaver dogs are accompanying the search teams. The 33-year-old actress was not wearing her life jacket when she disappeared. When they encourage everybody to wear life vests because you never know if you jump off the boat and then the boat starts to drift away because of the wind yeah. and you're now chasing that boat, it, you could get tired. Locals are now circulating a petition demanding warning signs be posted at Lake Piru. Lake Piru is a very deep lake with very bad whirlpools. People have been asking for years for the city to put up warning signs for swimmers. 
So far, there are more than 22,000 signatures. The actress's son is now with his father, Rivera's ex-husband, actor Ryan Dorsey, as the search teams do what they can to bring closure to this tragedy. A terrifying moment on a hot air balloon as a woman on board passes out and the pilot is forced to land in a residential neighborhood. Look out below. It's a hot air balloon emergency landing. It happened in a residential suburb outside Chicago after an 80-year-old woman on board passed out. Chad Morin was the pilot. I wasn't immediately concerned except the fact that at 80 years old and being not responsive. I didn't want to take any chances. The scary landing was captured on a home surveillance camera. The pilot used all his expertise to bring the balloon and his six passengers to a safe but scary landing. I had positioned the, the balloon low over the houses and found a narrow hole that was absolutely just big enough within within a few inches of being able to land vertically. And check this out, eagle rays, similar to stingrays off the coast of Florida. This swimmer appears to be oblivious to them. Watch out, dude, these creatures can be dangerous if you get too close. And one week after Jeffrey Epstein's former girlfriend and alleged madam was arrested, Ghislaine Maxwell remains behind bars. And given Epstein's death while in custody, authorities are taking every precaution to make sure that doesn't happen again. For instance, Maxwell has been given paper clothes to prevent the possibility of suicide. Amber Cagliano has more on her conditions behind bars. Extraordinary steps are being taken to guarantee the safety of Ghislaine Maxwell. Federal officials don't want Maxwell to meet the same fate as Jeffrey Epstein, who killed himself in his cell last August. Epstein used a sheet tied to bunk beds to hang himself, although there are conspiracy theorists who continue to insist he was slain to keep him quiet. Authorities are so worried that Ghislaine Maxwell might harm herself, they are issuing her a prison uniform made entirely of paper. This is similar to the one she is wearing. It feels like a paper towel, and it's really cheap. A box of 50 costs $35. That's just 70 cents a dress. Other precautions include assigning her a cellmate and 24-7 surveillance monitoring. Maxwell is being detained in the notorious federal detention center in Brooklyn. Cameron Lindsay is the former warden. For somebody to live the life of, of an alleged socialite and then suddenly be pulled off the street and put into this kind of situation where your freedom is taken away, that has to be incredibly shocking. Maxwell has denied the allegations against her. We'll be back with more right after this. Next, first hug for Oprah and best friend Gail King after two weeks in quarantine. Oprah ain't playing with the quarantining rules. Then, the comedians who just tested positive for COVID-19 after fist bumping and shaking hands with fans at a sold out show. The worst thing I could have done. And I have a surprise for you. Wait till you see who's waiting in the car. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Lawn Chair Mania. They're flying off the shelves. Next, Inside Edition. You won't believe how expensive they've gotten during the pandemic. This chair is a top seller. Why everyone wants a lawn chair. Then, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Cover 2020. Delayed by the pandemic. 
finally comes out. The cover models revealed at last. Watch the next Inside Edition. They may be best friends, but Oprah Winfrey wasn't about to give Gail King a pass when it came to social distancing. Oprah and her best friend Gail King share a joyous embrace after Gail emerged from a two-week quarantine at Oprah's house. COVID-free hug. After 13 and a half days quarantined in my guest house, Gail King and her CBS This Morning team released from COVID quarantine, Oprah wrote on Instagram. Gail went to visit her bestie in late June, but per Oprah's strict rules, she had to quarantine in the guest house and then take a coronavirus test before getting close to Lady O. Quarantining in California. Here they are during Gail's quarantine, shouting to each other across the gorgeous pool. This is more than okay. Not a bad way to quarantine. We are practicing social distancing till we get our COVID test. They ate meals on the same patio, but always kept their distance. Let's just say, Oprah ain't playing with the quarantining rules. And now that Gail has tested negative, the TV personalities are finally reunited. We're here to welcome our guests. Oh my God. Meanwhile, actor Robert De Niro says the COVID-19 pandemic is crushing him financially. The revelation came out in divorce papers, in which De Niro claims the upscale restaurant chain he co-owns, Nobu, lost nearly $5 million just in April and May. He's also been hard hit by low occupancy at his luxury Greenwich Hotel in New York City. De Niro says he's so low on cash, he had to borrow $500,000 to pay his investors. A serious request from two stand-up comedians who've tested positive for COVID-19. They want fans who attended their shows to get tested too, because in their words, they did everything wrong. Comedian Brian Callen is urging anyone who attended his sold-out show in San Antonio at the end of June to get tested for COVID-19. If you fist-bumped me, I realized I, I fist-bumped a couple people. I'm talking into my fist the whole time like a moron. Go get tested. Callen also shared the stage with his friend, fellow comedian Brian Schaub. Well, I got corona, he confirmed in a tweet. Brendan and I did everything wrong in Texas. The comedians co-host the podcast, The Fighter and the Kid, together. They admit they should have been more careful. We spent practice, no social distancing, got up in front of 350 people as they were laughing at us and shouting at us, and then we got off stage, didn't change mics. Now Callan is saying he's sorry. I was very tone deaf to it, so um, yeah, I've been humbled, I'm sorry. But some fans who may have fist bumped or posed for pictures are saying sorry is just not enough. The cavalier attitude you held and probably passed on to countless listeners is pretty irresponsible, goes one comment. We'll be right back. Still to come. I have a surprise for you. Wait till you see who's waiting in the car. Check this out. Kids do the darndest things, especially in quarantine. Like these youngsters throwing a tea party for their pet goat. And this little girl, she's on a very important phone call. This little guy got way too excited trying to kick a football indoors. <laughs> and in about 18 years, this dude will be ready for bartending school. Where is the tequila? Woo! 
Kat Silverman is in isolation with her three-year-old daughter Izzy in Phoenix and has been documenting every funny moment. Izzy wants in on everything, even mom's workouts. Made it about 45 seconds before she decided to, to worm her way under me and next thing I knew was doing a plank with, with another human underneath me. We'll be right back. Finally today, the smile on this little girl's face says it all. I have a surprise for you. A surprise for me? She sure does. Three-year-old Camilla runs to a waiting car. Hi. <laughs> it's Daddy home from deployment after six months. Daddy. Hello, baby. I missed you. Welcome home, Dad. You're so big. <laughs> together again. And that is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. Stay safe and we'll see you next time. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Spoiler alert, it's neither. At Happy Egg, we believe happiness of the hens is what actually came first, because without happy hens, there would be no such thing as happy eggs. You know, eggs with delicious orange yolks, those come from hens who are raised the happy way on eight plus acres of family owned farms. Choose happy at happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg. So you're always on the go. Now you can take the CBS Mornings with you and we want to go. Wake up to your daily dose of news and interviews on the CBS Mornings On The Go podcast. Listen to CBS Mornings On The Go ad free on Wondery Plus. This is Stephen Colbert, here to talk to you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is our podcast of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I'm here with my producer, Becca. Becca, what can people expect on the podcast? The extended moments, for sure. For instance, if I'm talking to Tom Hanks for like 20 minutes, only 14 of that ever makes it to air because we just don't have time. And Tom's a jabberjaw. You know, he's a chatty Cathy. But it's all gold because it's Tom Hanks, and we put that on the podcast. We do. Yeah, that's value added. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.